Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here for the Monday edition of Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, how would you describe the first show of the week following the craziness of the football weekend? Dynamic. That's the way to describe this show today. And in Chad's the chat. been dynamic yeah. today, too. People Join us there after. on Outkick uh, with the love Outkick channel on YouTube. It, we love seeing it. Absolutely. Uh, if you're listening on a, this great radio partner, we say thank you as well. We'll give our college football playoff picks in just a moment. Uh, the news from the weekend, even on NFL game day yesterday, prior to kickoff at 1 Eastern, news circulating that the NFL isn't necessarily going to be a safe harbor. Not that easy that Jim Harbaugh just wants to return to the NFL and be a head coach again next year for a franchise in need of a, a solid coach that can get you to a playoff and a, and a Super Bowl matchup. No, no. Uh, sources telling Rappaport and Pelissero from... NFL media that they could treat this a lot like Jim Tressel where you're sitting out a certain amount of time while you more or less have to serve some type of suspension for what happened in, in the, the college ranks. You're not just going to make the jump and it leave everything uh, in, in the, in your wake and the dust settles without you there. No. Um, with that being the case, Chad, it wouldn't be just NFL one NFL owner saying, well, I can't hire you. It would be Goodell saying Harbaugh doesn't meet the eligibility requirements necessary to be employed by the league currently. Uh, it's uh, going to take more that comes out with this story for that to take place. I, I ask this question honestly. It takes more than what we know right now. And there may be more. And you may know this answer this question, Hutton. You may not with the NFL circles you run in. But just in general, do people like Jim Harbaugh? Or is there well, we know, something we know one, about... Delaney Walker likes him. Love, yeah. We love playing for him in San Francisco. Okay, do NFL owners like him? Is there an NFL owner that's got a connection to him that, that loves him? I, I don't know, honestly. Um, the Walton, Rob Walton wanted him. Yeah, he's very divisive just with his personality in the college ranks mm -hmm. with people, and he rubs some people the wrong way uh, in, in media settings and all of that. And, you know, there's certain guys you can just say, okay, they're well-liked, they're easy to hate, they're kind of down the middle. I don't know with Jim Harbaugh. There are times where I find him to be somewhat likable, but a lot of times I think that he's a guy that just not a lot of people get along with him. That he can be a little bit odd, and I wonder how that how that plays with NFL teams and NFL owners. Because what this story is talking about is essentially a blackballing of Jim Harbaugh from the pro ranks because of this scandal. Unless there is some rule put in place where the NFL says you can't serve, you can't work in the NFL while under some sort of suspension with the NCAA, that you can't come here because you're suspended there, which I don't see that rule ever happening. We're talking about an unwritten, unspoken aloud type thing that to me screams of collusion. 
to not hire Jim Harbaugh for whatever reason. So then I asked the question, why? If you're not really that concerned with what he's done at Michigan, and maybe everyone is in the NFL, but if you're not that concerned with it and their rules don't apply to you, and you saw Jim Harbaugh lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl, and you saw what he did in the NFL before, and you've talked to his former players in the NFL, and you think he's a really good coach, why the heck would you not hire him if you're an NFL owner and just say, screw it, I don't care what he did in college, I'm hiring the coach for my team. I, I mean, which makes you think people don't like him. Well, but not only that, it's it's the again, it's perceptions, reality. It's about optics, right? All this. To me, Bill Belichick was fined five hundred thousand dollars. Was the largest fine levied. We we certainly know the other penalties, doc picks, everything for Spygate. They're videotaping uh, with. Uh, the uh, using equipment to videotape opposing teams, offensive defensive signals. And there's more to it. But if there's more to this story, that's why he wouldn't meet eligibility requirements. And again, Goodell's not saying that publicly. This is through the report, the joint report of Pelissero and Rappaport. They mention that as to why they would point to this. And they've done it in the past with Trestle. The difference is Trestle was coming on as what, like an analyst or something, Chad? Yeah. This would be for a head coaching position. And that's where most of the time owners hire who they want to hire. They don't, and they normally fire who they don't want to fire if they're told to, right? Um, John Gruden, for instance. I, I can't help but think it ties back into the NFL's handling of Spygate. And Chad, ultimately now, think about what that means for who they're partnering with, who they're in bed with. All of the apps all of the sports wagering companies you've pointed and pointed to this and how what Michigan was doing uh, with the in in person off campus offsite scouting it's a great point means for over under means for um, uh, score separation whatever it, is Michigan going to beat uh, the the average team in the conference USA that they slate over the three game self imposed suspension you know yes they're gonna beat Akron or whoever they're playing um, but what's the What's the spread? And if Spygate's happening in the NFL, what would the attention to detail be with all of the apps and all of the money, the billions that are coming in from the sports wagering aspect of this that are slipping names? They don't, for whatever reason, it's a miracle that no superstars in the NFL wager on, on anything, on on team property or on the sport itself. It's just, you know, an offensive lineman that happens to be a, a second-year starter or it's a, a special teams player or a third or fourth wide receiver. Or, a, you know, we're trying to send an example and set a rule, Calvin Ridley gets slapped, but Calvin Ridley's not at the level of where we put the top-tier wide receiver right now. It's not the top-tier players. It's just we're sending a well, message I, that look, we're doing everything on the up-and-up. By doing this, you're not sending that message. This is on that same line to me as what they're doing with the six-game suspension, year suspension, whatever, because by and large, we think it's acceptable what they're doing with their gambling policy. This would be something that everyone could latch onto and say directly affects that it's, aspect of the sport. Here's where this whole story is unacceptable. For those that want to pardon it and say, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying type deal. And I said this the day the story broke. It screams to the integrity of the sport. And it's not just wins and losses. 
It's not just, I worked harder than you and I did everything possible to get your signs and now I beat you in this game. It is also a point spread attached to those games. There's an over-under attached to those games. And now that gambling is legal and the NCAA and conferences and the NFL and everyone else has partnered with sports books. That's the key word, partnership. This is a problem. But it's also, we're talking about federal issues here. You know, you can't mess with the integrity of a game if you affected point spreads and outcomes by doing something illegal that's outside the rules. And that, that to me, is where this thing could get really slippery. When I saw Fed federal involvement, and this was going back to the Matt Weiss deal at Michigan with the computers, that the feds are involved, and I think, oh, man, if there's something on anything they found about this, do state gaming commissions suddenly come in? And what is the one thing that pro sports, especially NFL, does not want? They do not want the integrity of the games questioned. Exactly. Yep. This is the Hippocratic oath of sport. Do no harm. The understanding is the game is on the up and up. Officials aren't on the take. Coaches aren't on the take. Players aren't on the take. There's nothing illegal that's been done beforehand to sway the outcome. It's athletes going head-to-head in this game. You bet on games. You get on your phones. We do the same. And we bet on games all the time. And our understanding when we press accept bet on that app is that this game is being played on the up and up and no one's doing anything unlawful or illegal. If there is firm proof that that's not been happening and it can be proven to the level at which an advantage has been gained by Michigan in this scandal, that is bad news. It's bad news for everyone involved. Now, I don't know how they can assign a point total to what this was worth and all of it, so it may not be able to be proved, proven. But Hutton, this is the last thing the NFL wants. And that, that could be what they're saying here and why they're not going to get involved with Jim Harbaugh if he's available. Chad, let me also say this. I'm a realist when it comes to, uh, if you're in a room, if you're the NFL, if you're a company, whatever, uh, on the lower level, on the franchise level, the owners of those individual franchises are going to do what's best for their individual franchise. But what about the company? Right? What about the overarching rules and regulations and who's in, who's out? By and large, it's about winning and making money. But this, let me, let, I'll be blunt here. Rob Walton wanted to hire Jim Harbaugh, the owner of the Denver Broncos, flew to Ann Arbor to go hire him. He didn't fly back with him. Where would Connor Stallions be working today? For the Denver Broncos. Had... Walton hired Harbaugh, right? Yeah. If you're the NFL, you cannot let that happen. You can't just let him waltz in if the NCAA and uh, this investigation proves that he knew about everything. Now, maybe he has it set up where, you know, out of sight, out of mind, but the, the guy is literally standing on the sideline doing this. And there's video of, you know, and proof that he's got tickets to all these different games. I don't know how I don't know how much more evidence you need, unless there's more to the story that is not just on the surface level reporting that's going on here. And I think there probably is. But you, I mean, you think the director of what is it? Uh, what's on his what's on his uh, byline or or the uh, the oh he's his uh, description. He's- it was his LinkedIn profile is yeah basically I'm going to use Marine Corps like intelligence with Michigan football to gain an advantage. And 
it, it, such an advantage that you wouldn't bring him with you to your new, <laughs> again, if everyone's doing it, sure. But this was just blatant team gear and everything. So whatever. I just, uh, I just there's don't more think, to it than I don't just, think is, is, is an owner going to hire him or not. Yeah, I don't think everyone's doing this. I do think there are people watching the television, you know, the, the TV feed. There are oh, people watching the yes. All 22 yes. and trying to see it. There's a reason I'm watching Tennessee, Kentucky Saturday night. There's a reason and the NFL, that Josh Heupel has those huge black curtains that go up right. over the play call. They've done that forever before right. the Michigan stuff. And there's a reason they're doing that. In the but, NFL, you can you can be on site and scout your future opponent. I sat next to one of the Steelers advanced scouts yesterday, but he's not sitting there with gear recording the sideline. Yeah. Also, there's a a device in the helmet. <laughs> they're not using signs. They're telling the, they're, the quarterback that way, which yeah. could could end this problem. You're right. L- let's avoid this though, because I, I, we got a lot of Michigan people in the chat today, and they're saying, "Well, problem solved. Just go ahead and put the device in the helmet, and then n- none of this happens." That's fine. Doesn't change the fact that Michigan was doing something no one else was. If it turns out to be the case that they went far above and beyond of what everyone else was doing and got caught. Just because they changed this, which would be for the better, by the way, I agree with anyone saying that, and most coaches agree with that, doesn't mean the Michigan's off the hook in all of this. Chad, coming up, we're going to get into our college football playoff uh, selections. Hutton quickly. Yeah. Ratings came in for the World Series uh, over the weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. Least watched ever. Series opener drew 9.17 million viewers, less than the pandemic series in 2020. For game one, just the game one ratings are in. And game two is not going to trend well at all. Exactly what I said would happen. This is the nightmare scenario for Major League Why, Baseball. So it, it, it comes down, the networks know all, okay? Uh, they, want the, they want to pull a number, that's fine. Why would you, because the dates for the World Series are predetermined. Why would you schedule and start it on the weekend against... College and I, NFL. I would want at all, night. but maybe one in the week. And you want in the week during the week, not up against college football in the NFL ever. And is it because of the the you know, heaven forbid you uh, you play in November? You don't want to go too long. I, I don't know. But you've got to add things to the front part of the play again. Game one was Friday night. Yeah. Also, not a great night for television. And then back to back, you had Saturday. Not good. Not good. And what was a fantastic baseball season. They yeah. did everything right. Again, you do what your partners in the networks want for that. Um, still. You got a tied series, too. Yeah, I, uh, full disclosure, did not watch a second of either game. Just highlights. I've, I've been being completely honest when yeah. I said my baseball season ended in joy when I saw the Phillies lose in Game 7. That was the last thing I wanted to see accomplished after they knocked out the Braves. When that happened, don't really care about the Diamondbacks or the Rangers. Congrats to both of them. Great season, great story uh, for the Diamondbacks eking into the playoffs and going on this run. And they may be World Series champion, which is cool, but don't care. You make anything of the Denver? See how we can be honest on this yeah, show? I, I know, unlike, but, unlike coaches that uh, have to oh, just this was, either go silent or not say anything at all to not get fined about officiating. We, we, I can we, just come on here and tell you I don't oh, care about the World Series. By the way, here's, here's how much we, we could predict this. It didn't matter if Arizona or Philly won Game 7. We were going to see these numbers. Right? 
we're going to be comparing it to the lowest ever. And game one was, those numbers, I mean, awful. Now can you get a, can you get a game six or a game seven and actually hype this up? Not to the level where it's going to raise the overall average. No. How about the Chiefs losing to Denver? That was San Francisco shocking. losing their third straight. I was hoping for snow in that game. I was all into Colorado State Air Force on a Saturday night with the snow game going on, and then the snow was out of there before their game. Um, Hunt, I'm trying to get a pretty big story going on with a quarterback trade, but I'm trying to get confirmation right now. Dave, if you can look at this too. Uh, CJ Golson is reporting something. He's got 7,000 oh. followers. Oh, he's looking up right now. He's, he's, we'll find out here. Give us uh, the break. We're going to confirm. Or, okay. Or, the Vikings uh, may have their quarterback. Or destroy this report. I don't know. Davies well, either way, skeptical. I've said the name. C.J. Golson, you're on the line, buddy. We'll find out after the break if you're legit or not. <laughs> Kelly in Vegas not. also. Kelly in Vegas retweeted this guy. He is okay. an international insider. College football coverage. The People's Insider. 7,000 followers. Which message board does he post on? Hopefully it's VolQuest. College football They're playoff right. next, too. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Coming up in uh, several minutes, but that's my quarterback. Uh, Chad, do the Vikings have theirs after Cousins goes down with an Achilles? I don't know. I know. Uh, it, it's, it's a kind of a report, but not really. It's from this guy, C.J. Golson, who Davey says is a fraud and not, not highly accurate. Uh, and he basically says there's a strong desire on both sides to get a deal done for Jameis Winston to go to the Vikings. Okay. I mean, that's one that's easily... Oh, you just move along if it doesn't happen, right? So who knows? That's right. And I've been just going through some of the trades today. Um, you've got, uh, Davey, you said the defensive lineman in, is headed where? Uh, the Giants are sending uh, Leonard to Leonard Seattle. Williams? No, not Leonard Williams. Sorry. It was, um, oh gosh, you put me on the spot and I forgot. They're trading. Yeah, because I had mentioned Leonard Williams earlier. I don't think it was him. It was Anyway. We'll uh, update that too. So, David, you want to be, uh, elaborate on your guy, CJ Golson? Yeah. Oh, it was Leonard Williams. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I wanted to clarify that. If I, 
Yeah, it was Leonard Williams, and he's headed to Seattle. So, yeah. And they've already agreed to terms. Yeah, it was in exchange for a 2024 second-round pick and a 2025 fifth-round pick, and uh, Rap put that one out. And, yeah, Chad, on the uh, trade of Jameis Winston potentially going to Minnesota, the guy that put that out there, it's one of those guys that just tweets a lot, puts a lot of stuff out there, but he never really is able to back it up with sources and just simply has a very bad record when it comes to being right on these things. Well, I blame Kelly in Vegas on this one. That's who I follow. Well, she reposted it. So Bart, when she joins us on Friday, I'll ask her about it. Yeah, Say, Bart, who are you following and why are you giving me that is erroneous kind of the, information? That is kind of the level, though, of quarterback that they'd be able to go grab uh, right now. Is Tannehill healthy? Um What's up with Kyler Murray in the desert? You want that contract, right? So you would want a quarterback on an expiring contract or a two-year deal with an option, you know? So, I mean, I I can connect the dots with it. I can't, you know, I can't get on board until we see the main guys send this stuff out. So, we'll see. I don't know what the Vikings... Do the Vikings just sell now, Chad? Are you just sellers when you, you have Cousins go down with the Achilles and you have a fifth-round rookie as your, your starter moving forward right now? I mean, now? yeah. Uh, unless you've, you've got some viable diamond-in-the-rough option out there. Matt Ryan going to come out of the CBS booth? From, from one and four to four and, and four. And come help you? I don't know. I mean, if there's something you feel like's legitimate that's going to be anywhere close to Kirk Cousins, it's just not – to me, that's not realistic right now. Especially the way Cousins is playing, which is great. I – yeah, but he was, I mean, they were winning, trending in the right direction in a division that they could go grab, uh, believe it or not, as they win in week eight and then the Achilles injury. Chad, college football playoff, the, the committee gives their first rankings and we get a snapshot of how they view certain teams and resumes right now. Because starting tomorrow night, it's tough to, if you're number one or number two, to fall out and have people jump you just based on wins, right? The resumes, though, are difficult. Or they were. They were certainly difficult three weeks ago. More clarity now, but still some foggy areas. Let's see where you and I uh, agree or disagree with the college football playoff currently and see what happens and compare to what the committee might do. I've got Florida State as my number four team in the country right now. I, they all they to me all they have to do is just continue to do what they're doing and they're in. I resume wise, uh, consistency, overall play. I've got them at number four, squarely in, not by much, but I'm I'm certain that the Seminoles deserve a spot, and I've got them at number four in my college football playoff, unveiled uh, through the lens of the very first ranking, starting tomorrow. Nice. We're going to my number four now? Yes. Is that what we're doing? Okay, my number four, the Washington Huskies, the team that I thought had a great shot at winning the national championship coming into the season. They would be higher on this list. You, you can argue they've got the best win with the win over Oregon of any of these teams, although there's some other pretty impressive wins, including a couple road ones that I'm going to talk about. But they have not looked the same the last couple of weeks, squeaking one out over Arizona State. Really a dropped, easy screen pass completion against Stanford and the Cardinals may be going down to win that game. Instead, Washington ends up pulling away. Haven't looked quite as impressive. The only thing keeping them from being higher on my list, but I've got the Huskies at number four. Number three for me, Ohio State. The Buckeyes. Uh, they have a lot to prove to me, but even in games where it's tight and it shouldn't be, 
They're four and zero in games where they they've scored twenty four or less this year. It's an odd dynamic when you consider that the defense in recent playoff hopes and years has been the issue. I think that improves them in the minds of the table I'm sitting in or at, and I've got the Buckeyes in right now, and I know as I look ahead that things will begin to sort itself out based on head-to-head matchups. My number three team, the Florida State Seminoles. Okay. I think they got the best percentage chance to get to the college football playoff given what they have left. They play Miami. They play at Florida. Uh, I think they win those games. They won at Clemson already earlier this year. The Tigers, not what they've been. ACC not looking great right now. Florida State's got that one great win uh, early in the first week of the season. Neutral site against LSU, and they pulled away and won big in that one. For that reason, I'm giving them the edge over Washington, and they're my number three team in this college football playoff ranking. Michigan for me at number two. And I'm doing the same thing that the other polls have done, but I'm also looking at it through this lens. We're going to see the head-to-head with Michigan and Ohio State. We know that. We'll see the winner move on to the Big Ten championship game. And then if more details come out, I allow that to affect where I've got them ranked. They're good enough. The resume is good enough to be number one. So where does the committee put them tomorrow? Where it and traditionally it hasn't been a committee that really moves things around based on both teams winning if you're comparing things, right? Number two versus number three. Number two versus number four. There's not a lot of jumping around. This is the one program that could. I'm not willing to do it yet. Simply put, they deserve to be in the college football playoff based on what I've seen them do and the resume that's in front of me, which is about the college football playoff and winning the national title. When more things arise, that's when you make a move. And until others make a move, they're allowed to be in this. And based on what they've done on the field, they should be. I think we could say about all of this, it's all going to work itself out. I'm not overly concerned about the first ranking teams will lose. And it won't be a huge controversy come the end of the end of the day once we get to the playoff. But in Michigan, Ohio State's one of those great factors that will play itself out. My number two team, one of the participants in that matchup, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Okay. It's not been particularly pretty at times for Ohio State this year, but they have got a dominating defense that has looked great. Saw that against uh, Notre Dame. Saw that against Penn State. They've got the big road win at Notre Dame. they got a big home win against Penn mm-hmm. State. Their schedule's been far tougher than Michigan so far. Even though Michigan's yes. looked great blowing teams out, they haven't beaten anybody. So I give the edge here to Ohio State, who's got two really good wins on the season. Buckeyes at number two. Um, Georgia's the number one team for me. And... Chad, uh, the Bulldogs, we're about to see the schedule really jump up from what it's been. And I I understand what the Michigan faithful will say. Well, you want to compare resumes. We're boat racing teams. Meanwhile, when Georgia should be, they haven't been. Okay. I think what we've seen recently, though, is Georgia snapping into it. And then moving forward, they're about to prove it. And if they don't, they can fall back to three, four, and teams can jump ahead of them. But until then, preseason team is the current team, and I've got Georgia number one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Hutton. I got Georgia number one, two-time defending national champion to me. 
I know it probably doesn't for the committee. It does play a factor. Uh, they are the champs until proven otherwise. All this talk about Georgia not looking that impressive, that, that's true. They had covered the spread one time until they did it a second time on Saturday against Florida, and they're one of six teams that only covered one time. They're still, they haven't played many close games just because they're not covering the spread. The spreads are gigantic when Georgia plays. They had one close game at, at Auburn, won that game on the road. The Bulldogs Prove It Tour starts this week. They get one loss Missouri. They've got one loss Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. They go two, two loss Tennessee coming up. That's the toughest part of their schedule, which is pretty weak for an SEC schedule this year. I think they continue to prove it, though. And so far from what I've seen, they're still the number one team in the country. Chad, where would they be in the eyes of the committee if they're not preseason number one? Where would they rank in this four-pack? If if Three or four? Yeah. I mean, being an undefeated team in the SEC. Yeah. I think probably three. It's not a huge difference. Beating Kentucky and by again, 38. And again, all this stuff is going to work itself out. Winning by 23 over Florida. I mean, again, I, Georgia's going to be where they should be, and it's atop the college football playoff uh, with the, the first rankings. Just uh, just outside my college football playoff right now, and we'll compare who's five and who's six uh, just missing. I've got Washington and Oregon. And I one of these teams, t- to me, is going to be the fourth team in the playoff when it's all said and done. I, I, in mine. And, and I think Florida State moves up, by the way, in my rankings. I've yeah, got them at four. I, I still think the Pac-12 is a really good conference, so I could not penalize the Pac-12 by not having at least one team in that top four. Chose Washington being undefeated and having okay. beaten Oregon. Um, I got Michigan on the outside looking in right now, and it's not necessarily because of the scandal around them, although that does not help in, in my eyes for Michigan. The fact is they haven't beaten anybody. Their schedule's been incredibly weak up to this point. They get their chances to prove it. They go to Penn State. They've got Ohio State at the end of the year, but I've got them five for that reason. And then one loss, Oregon, that took that close loss to Washington and has just gotten better and better each week since, culminating in that blowout win in Salt Lake City on Saturday. I really like this Oregon team. They look like an SEC team physically in the way they play defense, located in the Pacific Northwest, only Pacific Northwest, because that's where they are geographically. They're SEC in every other way with Dan Lanning as their coach. I like Oregon having a real shot at getting to that playoff also, but my five and six, Michigan, Oregon. Final thing in this discussion, and I like that. And I like what you said. So Michigan's, you're not factoring in anything off the field here. It doesn't help me. Okay, okay. okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say the human so, nature part of it. Doesn't have me putting them at five a little bit for that reason. But the main reason is because they haven't gotten to the meat of their schedule yet where they're going to play some teams that could actually beat them. They have not faced a single team that has any chance at beating them. Ohio State's faced two of them. Washington's faced at least one of them. Yes. Uh, Everyone else on there. I mean, Georgia, yes, but Georgia's two-time defending national champion that hasn't really been challenged other than the one game at Auburn. Well, South Carolina was up 11.5. South Carolina was, yeah, they ended up winning by two scores. They did, they did but two they, or three scores. But that was a challenge. I mean, yeah. again. No, that's true. Uh, with a, We've seen more from Beck since then, but he, he also showed us a lot in that moment coming out of half, just pointing that part out. Um, the other here, where would Oklahoma be had they not lost this weekend for you? To me, that I, I would have them at five. Yeah, they would have been – that would have pushed, for me, that would have pushed Oregon out. Okay. And I probably would have had Michigan 5, Oklahoma 6. 
So it would have been right there with, with Oregon moving out. Yeah, and I've, I've got Oklahoma out. You know, they just never look superior against Kansas. And, I, you know, one loss, whatever. I say Texas can win the Big 12, yes. Oklahoma, I just, man, they lost a lot to me in the eyes of the college football playoff on Saturday. Um, Davey, let's uh, have the, the quarterback discussion coming up in a moment because I want to mention, so how much of the public perception of the story, Chad, the Michigan story, factors into the room tomorrow on the rankings? And here's, uh, let me go a layer deeper on what I'm asking. If there was a clamoring for a penalty, I don't, I don't, I, I hear it in the media, right? I don't know if college football fans truly believe that this is so egregious from what they perceived it to be. Uh, and, the, and I get it. The, there's a rule book that's vague on one end and, you know, very specific about using equipment on the other. But if you believe that your team's also doing the same thing, they're just in a T-shirt and they're using a fan, is the college football selection committee factoring in the sentiment of what the public wants here? I, I think because I don't. They got to be. They got to be very clear about this. But they will we, we can, based on where they rank Michigan. We can talk more about it, but I'm, I'm saying they have to have a policy here. This has to be courtroom like. This either is stricken from the record or it's not. And I think your public stance when that committee chairman talks on ESPN, you have to say we cannot factor in ongoing NCAA investigations, or you be honest and say, hey, that sign-stealing scandal probably factored in with where okay. we put Michigan in this first one. It's got to be either or. But the, the, I don't think you can dance on either side of this if you're the committee. But we will know based on where they are ranked tomorrow night. That, I think that, that, that they will but be they're telling going us that. to interview whoever it is in charge of it. They better have their T's crossed and their I's dotted. And they better have a united front of it factors in or it doesn't. Or that is another scandal we're talking about if they don't have that. Yep. Quarterback discussion, injuries in the NFL and more straight ahead. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Six the Peabody location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, tonight, Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Detroit hosting Las Vegas. Detroit, as Canadians Lions say. favored by eight against the Raiders. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to make things very difficult for Vikings fans. I want, I want to see the Raiders pull the road upset. That's not going to happen here. Um, Detroit is going to help the Vikings in their decision to not make a trade and to just move forward, soldier forward, knowing that uh, you're going to have a rookie or a, a much better option and cheaper, more affordable option in 2024 uh, moving forward because I think Detroit wins and they separate the 
NFC North a little bit there, even though Minnesota's four and four. It's a difficult choice if you're going to be your buyer or seller if you're Minnesota right now. Chad, if Detroit were to lose this game and you're a game out of first place in the NFC North all of a sudden, Vikings have to go in on a quarterback, don't they? In this division? Yes. Yes, they do. But who's the quarterback you go after that's really going to change your fortune? That's that's the question. It, well, it would be it would be a player like Tannehill if Tannehill wants to play. Um, I'm saying like if he tells the Tennessee Titans he wants to play, not he's not playing Thursday night um, on a short week, especially he's not playing on Thursday night because of what Will Levis just did. I'm saying if if Tannehill comes to the team and says, "Hey, if I'm, he's healthy. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm gonna try to I'm try to go." Well. You stick with what, I mean, they just had four touchdown passes. You had two in six games. Does Tannehill want to play? Does he want to be traded? Does he want to be traded to a certain team where he could be potentially extended because he's going to be, he knows he's not going to be back here next year in Nashville. That could be a factor all of a sudden. Just throwing that out there. But he's got to be healthy first and foremost. Uh, Beyond that, Kyler Murray will be mentioned, but Kyler Murray's contract is going to keep him from being traded. Arizona's going to play him. And after that, Chad, it's, it's guys like Jameis Winston and other backups. Hutton, did you win wrong team favorite again this weekend? I did. Am I remembering that correctly? Good Lord. I did. Uh, I didn't come close. It was 7-7 seven to seven close to Arizona in my game. But, um, Arizona beating Oregon State for Troy me. prevailed. That, that's getting just ridiculous, absurd, with my zero point to- total. Are we making our bets for the game tonight that we're doing? I'm taking Detroit minus eight. Hutton, the one thing At home. that I've been successful doing is any time touchdown scores. I think I told you last week Dalton Kincaid was going to score a touchdown. He did. I'm going back to the tight end well. Sam Laporta will score a touchdown tonight, plus 175. That's what's going to happen tonight for the Lions. And mark it down. That is the one winner I will give you all week because we know it will not be in wrong team favor. If you're in the, the points per reception, that dude's really helped you. Davey Hudson, I don't, he's a massive uh, fantasy football league uh, guru. He knows all things about half point per reception. He's a guru that's won exactly one fantasy football game like I have this year. That is not true. He, I'm at three. Oh, congrats. Oh, you've won two in a row? Yeah, I'm struggling. Are you counting this I've week? Been, I've been mainly shifting my attention to fantasy hockey at this point. Let's put it that <laughs> have way. You, fantasy, fantasy hockey. hockey. Again, fantasy football league guru. Did you uh, – I remember I tried to play fantasy NBA when I was probably 22 years old one time, and it was only one time. You imagine I the, couldn't, I couldn't imagine go that the guys that did it. this by hand. Oh, my gosh. Like the old the old board. Now, I did fantasy football one year in the 90s. Uh, I helped my older sister with a team, and it was the old, like you went to her office, and they put it up on the board, and you got to go do it the old the old-fashioned way. If you're joining us on the Outkick Network Tavis on YouTube, fantasy hockey. you're looking at uh, Davey wearing sunglasses. You may think, uh, who's the, is, is this man blind? No, he's not. We explain it right <laughs> now with, that's my quarterback. I had LASIK. He's emotionally blind. It's my quarterback. Guys, before we get into that, I did finally do the tally. We did play audio right there, by the way. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I heard it. I heard it. On teams that can win the Super Bowl. And, you know, if you're looking, you need a good quarterback in order to win the Super Bowl. But there's currently 10 teams that did not have or had less than two losses in the month of October. Technically, it's nine. It's 10 if Detroit does win tonight. Okay. But those teams are the Dallas Cowboys. Philadelphia Eagles, Minnesota Vikings. You're not feeling good about those chances now. There's going to be one. Seattle Seahawks. And then from the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Jacksonville Jaguars, who are the only undefeated team in the month of October. 
the Kansas City Chiefs, and the New York Football Jets. Um, I think there are seven teams that you rattled off right there that absolutely can win the title based on that stat that we threw out. Including uh, my Jets. Jags, Bengals, uh, Ravens. You mentioned another AFC team at the very end, their Chiefs. Uh, Seahawks, Eagles, Cowboys. I think can all make a run in the postseason. Yes. But anyway, back to that's my quarterback. We'll get us started. It's a pressure cooker, man. The NFL quarterback that has the most pressure on their shoulders entering week nine. I'll begin. Uh, Desmond Ritter. I do think that Desmond Ritter was pulled for performance yesterday. Maybe looking at a concussion also had something to do with it, but he didn't look right, according to Arthur Smith, because he's not been good here recently. And I, I thought that their offense got a little boost uh, when they went to Taylor Heineke in the second half against the Titans. So he should be good to go. He's cleared concussion protocol. I know Arthur Smith said all the right things about him. They still have faith in him. They believe in him. He's still their guy. He needs to, to prove it. I, I think he's under some pressure right now. Good one. I think it's Derek Carr. I'm staying in the same division. Derek Carr, who rebounded from a, a, some bad performances, um, they, rebounds from a tough week, and they, the Saints beat the Colts. And stat line's great, all that. But I'm looking at the overall division right now. And if you look at the standings, they're at four and four, the Saints. Falcons are at four and four, four after, after the loss. Bucks are at three and four. Panthers at one and six after beating Houston. Carr's supposed to be the difference in New Orleans. He was the quiet addition of the offseason. And it, new place, fresh start. There's pressure now to have that turn into more than what it's been. Finish the season strong as you enter the second half. Make the Saints a playoff team in a bad division. Guys, trade deadline's tomorrow. So who is most likely to get traded? Most likely, Chad, to me... It's, it's someone it's, going to Minnesota. Is To Minnesota? Can we, can we agree with that? I think most that? likely is Jerry Judy. Oh, just court, sorry, just quarterbacks. Just quarterbacks. Just quarterbacks. I, it's, I, I'm, I'm going with one of these two. Okay. Um, it's Ryan Tannehill if his ankle is okay enough to play soon. I think it's a possibility to, to, to Minnesota. Again, I'm, I'm going Minnesota as the team that's going to do it. The, the other one that I'll throw out there that is currently third string with the Houston Texans is Case Keenum, who has done good things in Minnesota before. That would be an easy one to acquire if you're looking for an extra body that can come in and possibly help you. Hutton, I look at it, though, there's not a lot of names out there that I'm getting stoked about if I'm the Vikings. Maybe Tannehill, he's probably at the top of my list of guys actively in the league that can possibly keep things going and get you in the playoffs. But, you know, unless Matt Ryan's in perfect shape and can pick up that O'Connell offense immediately and play great. I, I don't know that I'm excited about any of these names. Well, th it would be those. It would be to me. Case Keenum is a player coach right now. That's I, I don't know if McLean would agree with that, but I, I that's the lens. I but also like, dude wants to play, right? There you go. Um, what about what about Ritter? What about Malik Willis? Again, just throwing out some backup young options on rookie deals. And if you're looking at the veterans, the veterans would be guys like Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton. Um, what does Dallas think about Trey Lance? Again, just throwing out names that have been traded before or have bounced around the league a bit. I don't think it's the massive starter that 
is going to be used as a uh, a debate headline worthy topic like Kyler Murray because of the contract. Yeah, Dr. Chow said there could be 11 quarterbacks that are backups actually starting come week nine. So, again, I know not all of those are definitely season-ending injuries, but it will be a main talking point going into the deadline tomorrow. But, guys, uh, speaking of those injuries, call the doctor. Who is the Which quarterback injury is impacting team success the most? Now, I know we could all just sit here and say, yeah, it's going to be Kirk Cousins with Minnesota. So, I, I decided I would give you some options. Okay. And those options are Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, and Tyrod Taylor. Sorry, Tyrod Taylor. It is. It, it's Kenny Pickett because of the news today. Uh, first off, I, I, impact success, you could look at it one of two ways. It, there's a chance that Heineke impacts the Falcons' success in a positive way, not a negative way. Yeah. So I could argue that I don't think Desmond Ritter's hurt, first off. So he's going to be able to play. So it's not really an injury. He was clear to return. He's he's clear to play Sunday. So it's not really an injury impact to the team, but it could be Heineke in for Ritter. We know Daniel Jones is back. Uh, He's been cleared to play. He's going to play moving forward so they get their starter back. So I'm not going to go with the Giants. It it is Trubisky coming in for Kenny Pickett. But Hutton, again, I've watched Kenny Pickett's play at times, and I'm thinking, is this going to help or hurt Pittsburgh moving forward? If Trubisky's now the starter. I, I don't really know. And I was a guy who was a big believer uh, in Pickett before. Yeah, I mean, so what's hurting it's Pittsburgh a tough one to is, answer. I guess, Matt Canada. They, you're still going to have the same guy. Blame Canada. Right. Uh, right. Uh, um, I'm going with Taylor because the Giants were actually playing better. And now they're down to DeVito. And, and they're coming off of a game where uh, Terod Taylor's hurt and the game featured more combined punts, 24, than combined points. 23 uh, and losing again uh, to the Jets in this game Davey I'm going to Rod Taylor because again they were playing better than what they were and there was at least a little spark of is Taylor better than the multi-millionaire that just got the big extension in the offseason and Daniel Jones I wasn't buying it but I think it hurts the team the most because they were actually having different results okay glad to get some differing opinions on that one I like the assessment of both of your all's options and, or sorry, both your all's picks. And then finally, to bring us home, which rookie quarterback will have the best career? And I gave you the quarter, or giving you the quarterbacks that were drafted within the first two rounds of the 2023 NFL Draft that include Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis. And I'm curious to see if recency bias is going to be playing into your all's decision. It will not play into my no. decision. Um, it's C.J. Stroud. Yes. From what I've seen so far, he, he has been the most consistent He's looked the best. There's a bigger body of work for him in the NFL so far. I'm not going to be totally fooled by one game from Will Levis, albeit a great performance by Will Levis. Certainly not going to be overly fooled by the first win of Bryce Young's career, even though it was head-to-head with C.J. Stroud. Um, I think it's close between Stroud and Young. I still really like Bryce Young. Bryce Young won, C.J. Stroud zero right now. C.J. Stroud. I'm going C.J. Stroud. Chad, I agree. Uh, C.J. Stroud because of just I, I still feel the same way that I did prior to the draft about what he is and all of the BS and all the talk that was right before the draft about whether or not the guy was smart enough to play quarterback based on a test score um, and uh, the, the the new testing that was done at the combine. Like, when's the last time we heard about that? Well, it was April and May because since then the guy's been on the scene and producing multiple times. Levis has done it once. He certainly can prove us wrong. 
uh, Bryce Young needs help. And Anthony Richardson, whenever he is available again, is he going to stay healthy? Probably not. You know, that also is a trend for quarterbacks, if you can stay healthy or not. That's a skill. Richardson's got to figure that part out. Right now, and for me, the answer is Stroud in Houston. Okay. I would actually take Bryce Young, and it's more of a knock on the Texans organization the fact that they've never had a franchise quarterback in that organization. And right. uh, I, I think coming off a of bye, not being able to beat that Panthers defense is very concerning. Both, both teams coming off the bye, too, in that. And I just think right now, how many when straight you look at the weapons, division titles did they win in Houston with Deshaun Watson? Three. Yeah, was it three or four? I mean, I would I would say that's a. Now they couldn't hold on to him. <laughs> they couldn't keep him happy. They did but sign I, him, and then they signed him in September. Yeah, I think, I think Deshaun Watson was a franchise quarterback in a top five or ten in the league for a while, and, and he wanted he, out because they. Then he wanted out. The team had no leadership at the top. And that, I get what you're saying, Davey. I don't believe in the pa- Panthers organization either. I'd take uh, Cam Newton's down. career, Jake DeLome's career over any of the quarterbacks that we've seen. We did see the, we did see the greatest debut yesterday. Will Levis ascends to the was, top. It was something else. Yeah, it was. It, it, the reaction feels like SEC Media Days, too. Didn't have any mayo in his coffee before that game <laughs> either. So that's My reporters are telling me that. Back at it tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern, right here on the Outkick Network for Hot Mike.